Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It's been a while. We're going to fall back on the World of Jumps Racing podcast excuse, I think, Jim, aren't we? Definitely. As, as, as things have opened up and, and I've been checking on by ATR, we've we've not quite managed to find the time during the flat season, but we've missed we've missed quite a lot of good action, to be fair, but it's a big week this week. It's it's uh, Goodwood and also Galway, which is really why we're, uh, why we're back. Milkwood's running so close, I've got to talk about it. Uh, as per, though, James Watson's here. Hello, Jim. Hello. The seven-round claimer has been dusted off. We're back after a break. May require some cheap pieces and will certainly improve for the run uh, this week. Putting on a bit of timber, um, but we'll be we'll be fit for the next episode probably. <laughs> yeah, in about September. <laughs> but no, it is it is uh, a good week of racing. I mean, we've just had a cracky weekend with the King George. So what what Michelle and Jim thought thought would be a good idea would again we just kind of run through the the main divisions on the flat have a little bit of a chat about who might win at Goodwood this week and also try and find the winners of the Galway play. There's also the racing league as well starting this week. Uh, I'm going to be writing about that for ATR so that'll be quite a bit of fun to talk about and I say see the pros and negatives of of the racing league. I'm looking forward to it though if, I, if I'm honest. Uh, Jimbo We've missed Royal Ascot. We've not spoke since before the derby. We had the King George this weekend. So really, we've missed a good two months of the season where most of it happens. So I guess it's, it is kind of a good a good midpoint to kind of take stock of where we are. So having a look at the sprinters, obviously, you've had Dream of Dreams win the Diamond Jubilee at Royal Ascot. I got that right because it's called the Golden Jubilee on my starters orders two that I still play every now and then. Uh, Oxford won the King's Stand but then was defeated in his bid to win back-to-back July Cups by Starman good good fun the sprinters have been so far this year the July Cups one of the best group ones I've seen in a while but Starman probably deserves his place now at the top of the sprinting tree yeah I think, yeah. He's, been, I think he's been an absolutely fascinating uh, sort of time for the sprinters there was a stage last year um, and a couple of years before that where you were thinking the sprinting division was a bit light on its feet and it wasn't as strong as what we possibly hoped it was. But it seems to have been rejuvenated this year. The three-year-olds seem to be uh, not a bad crop in the sprinting division. You've got Dragon Symbol, uh, you've got Creative Force and you've got Winter Power to chuck into that uh, aspect as well. And of course, it feels like Starman's a three-year-old because he's been so lightly campaigned. But... Uh, he's grabbed the division by the scruff of the neck and his win in the July Cup was anything but impressive. He he had a little bit of a uh, frisky time in the parade ring pre-race and uh, then going into the race, that launched question marks about will he be able to perform and he he looked a little bit beat at Newmarket Um, but then he soon ran on strongly and won a shade causally in the end. Like Lewis has said, Dream of Dreams is, is always rock solid and um, sadly wasn't able to complete compete against him in the July Cup uh, after his Diamond Jubilee win finally. And um, I think it sort of leads to what could happen towards the end of the season once Dream of Dreams is fit, if he could face off against Starman. I think Starman would be him. Pretty much over any trip. I think Ascot suits Dream of Dreams more than any other six furlong course, really, because maybe slightly, maybe it'd be slightly unfair to call him a seven furlong horse that competes over six. But he wants a, he wants a, he wants a trip at the you know he wants a test at the trip. I would think Starman's just quicker than him. Would you have a question mark with Starman at Ascot? Which uh, his, own, his only time that he's run poorly was. Uh, at the sprint, uh, the champion sprint. I know that was on soft ground. Which yeah, champion. Yeah, I kind of take I kind of take Champions Day form with quite a large pinch of salt if a horse underperforms there. It's it's kind of it sounds bad to it's Champions Day, but it comes at the end of a long season. The ground's always a bit of a bog. It can sometimes 
be a little bit of an afterthought, you know, which he, yeah. I, I find it easier to forgive a horse a bad run at, say, Punchestown or Aintree than I would do in November. Mm. And it's the same with Champions Day. Uh, a horse not being at the best on Champions Day, I put less less value in than I would do earlier in the season, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I can agree. I, I'd be willing to give him another time at Ascot. Uh, probably soft ground is obviously not Starman's uh, ideal scenario, but um, it'd be interesting to see what they do. Uh, is it the Maurice de Geese next for Starman? And it's not not always the best ground in France. That seems like the plan, Jim. That does seem like the plan. You know, the July Cup stacks up, obviously. Dragon symbol, first past the post at Royal Ascot. That was reversed. I think that was the correct call, Jim, if I'm honest. Agreed. But for a, you know, for a three-year-old who only made his his debut in March at Wolverhampton, he's done. He's, I mean, he's made up into a top-class performer very, very quickly. Oxted, to be fair to him, Jim, I couldn't have had him at all for the King's stand. Even with the pace meltdown, I just didn't quite think he would be quick enough over five furlongs, even with a test at the trip. I know he won a Paul under the handicapper, but, you know, it, 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 it's a different ball game group on company. You proved me wrong. The race, admittedly, did properly set up for him, but he's had a really, really decent last couple of months after a probable, after an underwhelming start to the campaign, you know, he was beaten in the Abenant, wasn't he, by the mighty Summergand, and then again at York, but his last two runs have both been fine. He's out and for the season, though. Yeah, Roger, I know. It's... Roger Teal put on Twitter that uh, he'd had an MRI scan and, and surgery to remove a small chip in his near fore knee, which means it's disappointing, but he just keeps being knocked, knocked back, or the plans are a sort of different to usual. Yeah, that, that that's a nightmare. Art, Art Power is a very, very consistent colt. And he's... It, would it surprise you if he popped up in a group one? Can Art Power win a group one? With possibly the right ride, maybe yes. Uh, was on the wrong side in the Diamond Jubilee. Um was in, you could argue this, it was in the wrong side on the July Cup, so maybe something like that could pop up. I, I'm more of a fan of Winter Power down, down, in, down in trip to five furlongs. I think she's pure speed, and I think she's the better of the powers. Uh, I, I could see that. I could see why you'd say that. I thought she, she was a ridiculously generous prize to win at York the other weekend. Against, was she up against more skill on, on, on what she did at, uh, at York the time prior to Royal Ascot? She, sh- you know, she should have been close to odds on, uh, in my book. That, they let her go off at a stupidly big price. And she, she is a genuine, you know, top class filly, really, I think now, over, over five furlongs again. The, the King George, to me, in, in bare form terms, is a race I wouldn't take. Sorry, the King's stand. Is a race I wouldn't put too much credence in just because half the field were ridden in a brain dead fashion. Correct, correct. Uh, Other Sprinter's Creative Force was fifth in the uh, July Cup. He runs this week at Goodwood. Any other ones who particularly interest you? I've not mentioned, of course, yet Batash, who we'll see in the King George Stakes. Again, he, I, I think he ran with credit in the King Stand. But of course, not a fine ride. Yeah, it'd only be right to mention Rohan as well. The job that uh, David Evans has done with him over over six furlongs to get him to win um, the Walkingham uh, off off that higher rating for having had such a good season and, and the gelding operation had clearly worked wonders. He'd, he'd won the Sandy Lane and beat Dragon Symbol. Um, and then won, a, won the Walkingham. He was disappointing possibly in the July Cup, but that was his first time in Grade One company. But I think he deserves a mention at these sorts of trips because I think David Evans has done a tremendous job with him. Yeah, good shout, Jim. That's all very fair. Moving on to the Milers Palace Pier, of course, got the job done in the Queen Anna short odds. Maybe not quite as as impressive as people would have hoped, but. Good horses win races, don't they? And that's what Palace Pier did. The St James's Palace went to Poetic Flair, who put up, I thought, 
one of the most impressive performances of Royal Ascot. I wasn't, I wasn't really a mad believer in poetic flair. Not that I, I didn't, I didn't, I thought it was a poor horse. But I think, you know, after we spoke about the Guineas on this podcast, I kind of thought it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a poor race. And I remember saying I thought the best horse didn't win in Master of the Seas. Uh, I was wrong. I think Poetic Flair's confirmed himself now to be the the number one three-year-old miler by a fair distance. He'll go and take his chance in the Sussex this week. And obviously with the Phillies alcohol free, won the coronation, but then turned over in the Falmouth by, uh, I have to get it right, Snow Lantern. Yes? <laughs> yes. I get her and her mother confused all the time. I mean, Jim, I still have Palace Pier as the one to beat in the division, even giving White away to Poetic Flair. Is that, is that a little bit underestimating of the three-year-old? Possibly. I, I think it's the unsexy profile that Poetic Flair brings. I think Palace Pier this season has been below peak racings of last year. Uh, I think he was a lot better horse last year and, and maybe we've not quite seen it yet. We, sadly, we won't see him at Goodwood. Uh, I don't know what the plan for him next. Do you, I think, was it, was France mentioned over seven? Uh, the, is it the, no, I can't remember. Yeah, well, I he won the Jacques Lamar last, last season over yeah. the mile in mid, in mid August. But I'd, I'd be intrigued to see whether they run him over 10 furlongs by the end of the season. Yeah. Would you, would you, were these chances in a Judmont? Uh, no, because I'm boring and really conservative when it comes to placing horses, and I like seeing ones next to the name. <laughs> because if he was to turn up with, in the Judmont, it could be some race. Um, I'd like him to step up to a mile and two. I don't think he will. Um, rattling grounds are worry for him, but I, I, he, he just got the job done at, at Royal Ascot, and I mean the horses in behind uh, have all been banging on the door for a long while now and, and, and nothing's come of it. So he's beating a bit of a boring division at the minute, the Milers, for the, the older horse of Milers. Um, but Poetic Flair, I think, is a, a very nice animal and, and looking forward to him at Goodwood this week. Yeah, I mean, an older Miler we haven't mentioned who's probably uh, his placing group on company now is Tilsit. Mm-hmm. Who won the summer mile at Ascot a couple of weeks ago, getting the better of Century Dream, who's about as good a yardstick as you can get, really, for Group 2 miles. I'm, I'm quite a big fan of top rank as well. I thought he'd have gone very close in that, but he was, you know, beaten on merit, it seemed like. So, Tilsit, maybe a horse who's got form over a little bit further, might be one to pick up maybe a, a Group 1 if if placed very well, you know, maybe one in Germany, something like that. Soft ground in France, I think, would suit him a lot more than something over here. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, 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 you know, I think he's likely probably to win a group one on the continent than he is, he is over here. But he's, 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 he's burnt himself a crack at the top level as well. I know you said you felt like this division had been a little bit boring, which I can, I can understand why. But I think the Miley Phillies have been really good fun this year. The Miley Phillies certainly have, and I think they're, uh, we said this probably after the Guineas, that I, I personally thought the Phillies were a lot better than the Colts this year, and I think that's been shown, and uh, alcohol-free, I had major question marks uh, going into Royal Ascot when she was winning the coronation, I really didn't think she'd stay the distance, but she she battled on really well, and uh, I really like what she did, and Maybe in the Falmouth, the run of a race didn't go her way. Maybe, I don't think to to have led would have been possibly the best scenario for her. I like to have get cover, um, but she was um, given a, a very positive ride by O'Shea and um, Snow Lantern picked her off late on. But another day and it could have gone another way. And, and I think Primo Baccio's a, a horse you've certainly got to keep on the right side of after that listed win at York. Beat some nice horses there, including Snowman's, and, and the race quite clearly didn't go to plan in the Falmers last time. Um, I, I think Primo Batchel's one to keep on side, and Lady Bothorp, another admirable season once again for William Jarvis, who I'm sure we'll see in the Nassau at Goodwood. 
Oh, if I were William Jarvis, I'd really want the Falmouth back. Yeah. I think, I think I, they all... I, yeah, I, I, I'd agree that. I think... It may, may be a bit... May, it probably might be a little bit far to say the best horse finished fourth on the day. Mm. But, oh, she would, she would have gone very, very, very close. And I say, she, she's ultra-tough, well-improved this season by William Jarvis. She's been good fun. Uh, you know, me, me and you were first, you know, probably a couple of years into into uh, being racing fans, really, when Skyline and we were about. And I, I spoke about it before, but it's, it's just, it brings a new side of enjoyment to the game when you see, you know, good horses, progeny, going and winning. And obviously it was a little bit of a a revenge win. In the farm of given, given what happened to Skylight and when uh, she was beaten by elusive Kate and there was that long, long process uh, with the stewards. Mother Earth as well, to be fair, Jim, held the form really well after winning again. He's beaten all three starts, but obviously runner up over in France and then third in the, third in the coronation stakes and runner up in the farm of only by half a length. She probably deserves a little bit of credit as well. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've seen a few of her entries. Um, in the Judmont and the Irish Champion Stakes, so I think a step up in trip might be where they're going for for her next. And I certainly won't rule that out a bit, little bit more improvement over a mile and two. I think he's a very, very nice filly who's continued to improve with her racing. I mean, she's the typical O'Brien Guineas type, but unsexy with the twelve starts and only two wins. But um, you can't take that Guineas away from her, and she's run admir- admirably. Uh, in defeat in the last three starts. Yeah, completely fair, Jim. Completely fair with that. Going on to the middle distance horse as well. I guess should we kind of take the 10 and 12 furlong horses almost separate entities here? So if we go back to Royal Ascot, the Prince of Wales was won by Love. We saw off Ordaya and Armory. Armory we seen got beat this weekend at York in a race which Mahathif, winner of the Hampton Court Stakes, really, really should have won. I'm not having anyone say anything other than Mahathif was the best horse on the day there and it was a it was a poor ride from Crowley. Unfortunately there. Well done to Bangkok. I, I, I would not have said he would have been a group two winner at all this season. Uh the Eclipse, a small field, but a high-quality one. St. Mark's Basilica looks an absolute monster. Very, very impressed with him beating a day, but a probably slightly below par Mishriff. Mishriff himself stepped up to 12 furlongs this weekend. Runner-up to Adea, the derby winner. I didn't really buy it at first, Jim. I properly do now. He absolutely ran away with that. Hurricane Lane, the derby further since from the Irish derby, and absolutely bottled up in the Grand Prix de Paris since as well, and that's without mentioning the Irish Oaks winner Snowfall, who replicated her runaway success at Epsom, with a fantastic victory at the Curra. We've not even mentioned Wonderful Tonight yet, who again we might see a good one this week. If they all rock up for the art gym, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, and, and did you see, was it Thomas Pearson's tweet about uh, being great, as soon as he saw the word Japan, he stopped reading about the arc. It's going to be such a good race. Um, <laughs> when Japan's name was there um, can't forget him yeah the, the King Jars last weekend I thought it was a funny race um, of course we were expecting Broom to probably set the pace and, and Lone Eagle wouldn't be far off it and Lone Eagle seemed to to take the bull by the horns early on and Broom was slowly away which clearly didn't help um, they went a decent enough tempo Adiyar was doing far too much in the middle of the race which Adds to the fact that he won so comfortably um, and how impressive he was in doing that. Um, I thought Love never really settled properly either, but was probably in the best position and and had the best view on the race. Um, just didn't look like she had the turn of pace she's, she's shown in other starts. Mishriff absolutely burnt past her and closed the gap. And that wasn't an excuse for Love that she, she couldn't get the gap because if she was quick enough, she would have gone through it. Um and I think it was just it was more of an underperformance from Love than the than an actual um, like 
disappointment. I think she will. She's better than that. And and I know she wasn't beaten far, and this is probably the best race she's running. But I, I wasn't disappointed. But I think I just felt it was an off day for her. Mystery for Anna Cracker, um, and back to form after his coral eclipse smashing, um, and didn't quite stay the distance in the end. But dropping back in trip for the Judmont, I think I'll see him right bang there. Um, but Adiar seems to be a serious weapon for the boys in blue who, who have got a, a lovely handle on the um, on on the mile and four division at the minute with, of course, Hurricane Lane, who was third in the derby uh, and then went on to win the English and the uh, the Irish and the French. So I, I think this division is, is most excited at the minute. Wonderful tonight you took in there. Is she in the Lily Langtree? Uh, yes, mate. Uh, stamina is no problem for her and if it's soft ground you know she'll suit I think she were a mile and six winner in France on our weekend last year or the year I, I can't remember off the top of my head uh, but she's she's a lovely filly but uh, I think she'd need to step up again on, on her uh, performance in the Hardwick at Royal Ascot she did beat Broom and Hookham and Hookham's come back and bounce back strongly but I'm not entirely sure the, the strength of that form is, is is what people might have thought of at the time, but I think Godolphin have got a very good strong hold on on it with uh, Atiyar and, and Hurricane Lane. Yeah, I I was semi sceptical of the Derby form at first. I think, mate, you know, the, the maiden Mojo Star running second, having been positioned so advantageously, I and the day are seemingly taking such a you set forward after being beaten in two trials. You know, I was probably not to say I didn't believe it, but I wanted to see it again. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? You know, I think some people kind of some people took serpentines being a little bit too literally last season. I want one of them, but you kind of saw the reaction on Twitter. And if 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 you if you kind of question a horse's form, you get half half of Twitter. Having a go at you going, oh, can't you just be happy that they won? But, <laughs> but well, I, I was wrong on that. I think Hurricane Lane's, well, he's obviously come on. Third, I buy him. I think he's a proper, proper top notcher. As I do, as, as obviously everyone should do with Adair now, because it, it was a vintage King George on paper. Mishriff, back down to. 10 furlongs, Jim. The extended 10. If they won him in the Judmont and there's no St. Mark's Basilica, he'd be very hard to beat. I think you give St. Mark's Basilica a better better race this time round than you did last time. 100%. He just looked short of fitness that day. Yeah, and I, I yeah. certainly think he's, he's tightened up a lot from that since. And um, It'd be interesting renewal the Judmont this year because um, as much as I have been impressed with St. Mark's Basilica. I just feel like something's holding me back in thinking he's as good as what he's shown so far. Oh, I'm not sure, mate. I've, I've, I just really like how quickly he can put a race to bed. But he, that, 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 that. But he took a bit of time to get going to then put it to bed, I thought, the other day. I thought he was... A, when he won the Coral Eclipse, he took a little bit of chivying along and then he picked up. I don't I'd, think I'd agree with that. as people made out. I'd agree with that. I thought it looked a little bit more push button both times in France. But would would that be a, a symptom of just being up against a better opposition? Yeah, possibly. You, 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 you look like you're quickening quicker if you've got slower horses behind you. Mm. If if you know what I mean. Usain Bolt will look like he would, he'd be absolutely, you know, tanking away from you. It's not as quite <laughs> final. <laughs> But on that back, I mean, there's a lot of talking there about about the boys. What do you make of Snowfall? She's the art favourite, mate. Should she be? We're getting the what Phillies you? allowance and the three-year-old allowance. You'd certainly have to think so with them two performances in the in the Oaks and the Irish Oaks, and even uh, a Musadora win. Where at the time we thought the Musadora win was fortunate because of the way Ryan rode the race. He rode an absolute inch-perfect race um, and, and set the pace at York. And um, 
she wasn't ridden like that in the Oaks. She was held up uh, off off the pace, and Frankie arguably won it. To the, well, it was a world record comfortable victory uh, of 16 lengths in, a, in an Oaks, which you can't fault. And, and she took a bit of time to get going in the Irish Oaks, and but when she did, she her stamina kicked in really strongly, and um, I think that. Before, going into last weekend, I thought Love was still would still be better than Snowfall, but after the last weekend's performance, maybe the best Bally Doyle uh, filly is the three-year-old Snowfall. At the prices, I'd still, I'd still prefer Love. At the prices, yeah, but maybe in at the end of the season, maybe Snowfall will be better than Love. Completely, mate. And look, I'm, I'm not one to dismiss a horse. Based yes, on beat, 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 beating nothing because you can only beat what's put in front of you. It winds me up more when people use it as a genuine reason to knock a horse. It, they, you know, I'll go, oh, they've beat, they've beat nothing. Well, they're not picking who they race against. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, 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 I would, I would, I, I guess, I guess to agree, it's. A, Similar comments could apply to what we've seen with Woodman. She was actually she bullied a load of a load of fillies at three. Came back, she did really well to win the Prince of Wales, considering it was over a trip short of her best. And I think Ordai is a good filly, and I, admittedly, it's not really held up. But going into this season, I thought Armory was a group, you know, had progressed into a genuine group one level horse, and it looked like that at Chester, maybe. After Ascot and York, maybe that was a little bit optimistic, but you, you can kind of see that that's Snowfall's first real test where she was taking on, you know, multiple 120 plus horses running over their best trip. A little bit found out, and I, I say I, I don't think I don't think Snowfall any of Snowfall's rivals have ran to higher than 105 this season. Mm-hmm. And not a single horse Snowfall has raced against this year, arguably barring Santa Barbara, who again didn't give her running at Epsom, would go off sub 150 to 1 to the arc. That's fair enough. You know what I mean, mate? So that, 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 that's, the only, that's the only reason why. And look, you, she can be as impressive as she likes beating Phillies. And, it, and, it, and it's. It's good and it's class, and she really, really could be the real deal. But I'm just, I, I, I kind of, there are horses, several horses, who are bigger prices than her that have better form by some distance, even allowing how easily she'd have battled them. Like you know, I mean, how many horses in the arc betting would have beaten divinely by eight lengths? Probably even giving him weight, yeah, practically all of them. Um, you know, travel look at Wonderful tonight, who is likely to get the sort of ground she enjoys at Longchamp, you know, and stays well and won what I thought was a good renewal of the Hardwick. I can talk about. I'm a big fan of Hookham. I thought. I think if they were more mile and six group ones during the season he'd probably be capable of winning one unfortunately he's only really the Irish ledger in the but you know I, I thought it was a, a proper race Broom obviously came out and won a, and won a group one there's, there's still the element of unknown about Snowfall but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to properly crown her as as the right arc favourite yet which could look well I, I want to say I'll I, I don't want to say it'll make me look a bit silly because I, I, I think the reasons I have to be a little bit sceptical are still a, a justified ones. You know what I mean? Mm. But I'm, I'm just inclined to, to sit on the fence a little bit with her for now. That's fair. In, ter- in, terms of, in terms of taking on proper, proper group on opposition. She couldn't have been any more impressive in doing what she's done though, mate. Uh, moving on to the stayers, obviously we've had the Goodwood Cup. Coming up this week, we've had a bit of a nightmare with Subjectivist. The runaway Gold Cup winner uh, being out for the season and possibly his whole career with an injury. That means it's kind of left to Stradivarius 
by default to I guess position himself back at the head of the state and division affairs despite being on being on the receiving end of an admittedly below par the Tory ride at Ascot. The rest of them, Jim Spanish Mission has done really well this season. I think he wins the Goodwood Cup tomorrow, if I'm honest. I think I agree with you. Um, he's probably, going into this season, he was probably almost a little bit of a forgotten horse. Obviously, his highlight was probably in the Doncaster Cup. Um, and I really like what he did in the Yorkshire Cup. He, he, he beat um, some solid types from the Johnson Yard and Santiago, who's been, been not as up to standard as maybe we first thought. Uh, as a three-year-old but I thought he ran with plenty of credit in the Gold Cup and even the underperformance of Frankie riding Stradivarius I didn't think Stradivarius was right in the race even if he was given a perfect ride I still think Subjectivist and maybe even Princess Zoe would have beaten beaten him anyway Um, maybe that was just one too many you never know but you never ride at Strad off Um, I, I, I don't fancy him for tomorrow um, and everyone's saying I think it's a cracking price I won't be back in Stradivarius at that price I'll be looking to take him on um, with probably um, the Irish horse of the, the Irish fable Arna Fane is it Arna Fane? Arna Fane uh, that's the one um, I think I, I like what he did in Ireland last time I know it was, he was given a very good ride by Colin Keane and he was disappointing Um when running in the Gold Cup, but I'd be willing to give him another chance after last time. I think he might bounce back. Um, subjectivist, it is gutting about him, um, but Johnsons have, have lined up Saron Priestley um, to take over the reins in the Goodwood Cup. I, I think a little bit of dig underfoot might suit him a little bit more um, than if it was to be rattling fast. I, I know he's had a little bit of a topsy-turvy season, but um, and I personally think he's better under, with a bit of dig underfoot. I, I know the Johnsons aren't, but I, I think he's a bit of a grounder. Uh, and I think that'll suit him a little bit more. Princess Zoe, admirable for Tony Mullins. Um, I don't know what the plan is next for her. I think the Lonsdale Cup maybe, possibly a, a, a shot at the E-bar I've seen the entry for. Um, so... <laughs> and you took Chu Shan, who ran a cracker in the Northumberland plate off a massive weight. Um, he'll be turning up at Goodwood as well. Um, I'd expect a better performance from him. I don't know why they decided that they obviously needed to get some fitness into him um, going into something like this, uh, having missed Ascot because of the ground. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't know where I stand with Chu Shan. I, I, I'd like him to kick on now and, and show how much of a good horse he, he was towards the end of last year. Um, but like Lewis said about Champions Day form, I take it with a pinch of salt. I, I, I think Tushan, uh, based on what he did at Chester as well, he's, he deserves his place really in the betting for the good cup, to be fair. Especially given the way the ground's going. That it is, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't perhaps be as dismissive of Stradivarius as he would. I think, I think he did well to finish fourth in the Gold Cup, given how much went against him. A lot also went against Spanish Mission, which I think is, has been slightly forgotten about. And I've, I've, I've done a horse by horse uh, guide for the Goodwood Cup for ATR, and I've, I've advised possibly the scumbag East each way bet of the century Spanish mission at 6-1 to one. If, if, if he's in the frame you know you, you get your money back and he's I, I think he's probably likeliest of all to be there or thereabouts and give his true running uh, interesting that you think Saron Priestley will be good for the slow ground because I don't he's by some distance the two worst runs of his career have come on the only two times he's met ground softer than good I, I love the horse I think he's He's tough as, and if he settles better, as he did last time at Newmarket, he should set, he should stay. But I'm just not quite sure whether the ground would be would be for him. So Jimmy, is glorious Goodwood this week. Whole host of Group Ones. Uh, which host are you most looking forward to seeing? 
Um, I'm looking forward to the to the clash in the vintage tomorrow between Lucille and Barchi Shadow. Lucille, an impressive winner in the end of the July stakes at, at the July meeting, and Barchi Shadow um, brushed aside at what I think maybe the form's taken a few knocks since, but the Coventry stakes that was possibly um, a, a decent race, and, and he looked a decent winner. Um, so I'm interested in that. I'd probably be just siding with Bart Shadow at the minute. Uh, I think he's got a little bit more progression to come um, than Lucille, who I think the drop back to six certainly saw him to better effect. And stepping up to seven, I think might find him out again, which, uh, not again, sorry. Start, I'll just start out again. That was completely pointless. Three, two, one. I just feel there's a little bit more progression from Barksy Shadow that's more than likely going to happen, having only the two stars in comparison to the four. The sale um, did well to get his head in front over six last time, having one over seven prior to that. So I'm looking forward to that. That should be a really exciting race. Um, also, you've got the two Godolphin runners in Space Blues and Creative Force. I'll, I'll probably be signing with Creative Force uh, in this. I think the Lennox over seven will probably be more up his street. We saw him win. Uh, at Royal Ascot in the jersey over seven and he just looked a little bit like he was getting a bit tired late on I thought hanging across but maybe that was to look to see where his other rivals were um, but I, I think as much as Space Blues has to be respected and he's been an absolute superstar in this sort of division for a while uh, having won this last year pretty decisively um, and then going on to win the Maurice de Geese. He's been an admirable horse for the uh, Appleby team, and I think Creative Force getting the seven pounds against him um, will chuck him right in there. And, of course, you've got the legend Safe Voyage, uh, who I'm looking forward to uh, running in this, having got back to uh, his best at Chester last time. That was a, a, a step down in class, but stepping back up in class here, he might be a little bit at it against younger legs, but... He's an absolute uh, don of a horse. Uh, on Wednesday at Goodwood, um, the Sussex Stakes obviously take centre stage and, and have probably been looking at lots of different ways to get um, to get Poetic Flair beat, but I'm banging my head against the wall and don't think there is a way. Um, so he should probably take all the beating there. Um, and... Uh, in the Group 3 Oak Tree. Um, that's a race that I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, Highfield Princess impressively won the Buckingham Palace Stakes at Ascot, beating Dania, who's since come out and won last weekend uh, in the Moe and Chandon International. Um, all Highfield Princess went on and won a listed race at Chelmsford after that. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing her uh, in that back uh, over seven furlongs at Goodwood, it's, uh, it's a race I always quite like, quite enjoy watching, and I think um, she'll run a decent race at a price there. Uh, on the Thursday <coughs> at Goodwood, um, the Richmond, um, well, I've just froze for the time being, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing Perfect Power. Um, he beat Gold Bears going the Norfolk, who's since come out and ran a, at the Curry in the railway. He's been really, really good. Um, so the, the the form's standing up there. I think Perfect Power uh, stepping up to six is interesting. I, I, I thought after his debut performance, he'll probably want six. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes there. Um, and on Friday, arguably, I think will be one of the races of the week and I'm really looking forward to seeing the Batash Dragon Symbol and Winter Winter Power Trio taking taking each other on Batash of course at home uh, over five furlongs at Goodwood he's bang up his street and absolutely adores it um, disappointing last time but I wouldn't be surprised if he bounced back but he's got two very tough rivals in the three year olds in Dragon Symbol who steps down from six to five um, when he ran second at Haydock in the Sandy Lane, I thought he'd prefer five furlongs a little bit more. And they carried on with the campaign with him over the six. And he, he ran admirably uh, in both of them runs. But I think he belongs back down at five. Um, I think he'll get a nice trail into the race. And 
I'm looking forward to seeing him taking on Potassium Winter Power, who showed plenty of pace last time at York and, and, and did in the previous race at York. Um, we'll certainly put it up there if given a, a positive ride by Sylvester D'Souza and, and hopefully can try and get Batash going early on. Um, on the on the Saturday, it's, the Stewards' Cup's always a race that um, everyone likes to have a good bet in because a big field handicap on a Saturday, everyone enjoys. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to Hurricane Ivor. Um, I just touched off by uh, significantly at last time, and he well technically he won at, at Sundown, although it was given a dead heat. Um, <laughs> technically he didn't win. Technically he did win. Um, there were about three different results for that, but I, th- I think he'll go well off a decent weight in the Stewards Cup. Fair enough, Jim. There's not much too much I can add to that, really. I think Poetic Flair wins the Sussy Stakes, but I think I saw, and this this could sound very very silly, but Lopi Fernandez about nine or ten to one. I I'd probably have him the second best there. On what he's done, and I'm not sure whether I'd rather back Lopi Fernandez each way. In that race, that might look very, very silly because it's Lobby Fernandez, and we all know by now he's probably not a Group One horse. But I'd look at that and I thought maybe, maybe what he's achieved recently is a little bit above the Phillies. I think the Lockheed was a strange race, and I'd be happy to judge him more uh, on his second in the Queen. And the Lennox is a cracking race. It's it, it's a <laughs> It's a race that I always feel is a little bit underappreciated. If you put it later in the week, it'd be the highlight. You know, it'd be the highlight of most Saturdays, to be fair. Uh, and I have one that I really, I'm really keen on at a massive price in that gym. Go on. Which is Pogo. It was a best price forty to one. Don't understand why. He'll bounce out of the stalls. He'll lead. He won't get too much pressure from the lead. And it's just how long he can stay there. Obviously, you know. Space Blues at his best should win this. Creative Force has been fantastic this season and he's still unexposed. Their horses to be, you know, that are right. I don't think Pogo's better than. But the likes of King Ross, say, for you know, they, they won a Group 3 in a listed race uh, between them the last on their last two starts. I look at the horses he's beaten. I think Pogo would have won them both. You know, I, I, you know, well... I think he's capable of having won those races. You know, fifth in the Queen Anne's last time, he should, I say you won't get too much pressure for the lead. Placed over uh, in a group two over this trip at the back end of last season. Form on quick ground, he won, a, he won a listed race, I think, at Windsor on quick ground last year. And he's 40 to 1, trips up his street. He'll, he, he, I say he, he shouldn't really be taken on too heavily for the lead. Form on the ground, good effort last time out in the Queen Anne and he's 40 to 1, and I don't think there's much between him and a lot of these. That's understandable. You've got Escobar in there who ran a cracker in this um, last year as well, so there could be a bit of value to be had at them bigger prices. I've not had too much chance to look at the handicaps uh, of yet, Jim. I know Ornate running tomorrow up against El Astronaute. I'll just be cheering for Ornate over the Fast Five at Goodwood because it's good fun to watch him. Uh, not loads else, really. I can add to what you've said, if I'm honest, mate. I agree that the vintage looks a cracking race. Really, really good clash of two different form lines and you can make sensible cases for them both. It's all, it's all, uh, it's also Galway. I was going to say it's Allway Galway. <laughs> uh, I think they should rename that. Galway, Galway, yeah. Uh, the Galway plates on Wednesday, have you had a look at it, Jim? Not intensely, no, but I've had a brief glance over. Anything catch your eye? Um, not really. The, the shunters, obviously, um, ran with plenty of credit last season. Second to protector out of Aintree. Of course, handicap plot job uh, with the Kelso and the, and the Cheltenham race. Um other than that, I know you you're quite confident on on one. Yeah, look, the shunter should be on, the shunter should be on an absolute gift mark. 
uh, of one five two. Simon Torrens taking three off. He's a right favourite. He's the one they've all got to beat. But I, I just give a chance to Durasso again at twenty to one. He's a sort of also who I, who I, I'm always kind of more interested in when they, when they, there's a bigger price. You know, probably better known as a hurdler in Ireland. Though he did win the Webster Cup over fences two seasons ago, which is a, which is a you know a great to a decent race. He beat Cadmium, who then went on went on and absolutely bolted up in the top and on his next start. Uh, again, hasn't been seen over fences too much, really. <laughs> he was a uh, second to Shaq and Bossoir in the Hilly Way in December, on the basis of he was the only other one that got round. But at least Stowell earlier this summer, you know, gave a fair beat into to Snow Falcon, who's in here as well. Sam Crowell down the field there as well with Mortal, who probably needs further. Peregrine won probably a bit past it now, but it, it was it was a good race that for a a, a mid season chase at you know sorry a mid summer chase at the Stowell. He'd you know he'd he'd won prior to that beat Scarpetta at Kalani over hurdles and ran well over two miles, which I've always felt is a trip short of his best uh, in the Grimes hurdle last time out at the start of the month. He's 20 to 1, a mark of 150, unpenalised for beating Snowfall from last time out. It just looks a little bit big to me. Still not fully exposed as a chaser. Yeah, I, I like that case. Uh, the Galway hurdle, Milkwood will win. <laughs> all Milkwood, aren't we? We all drink the milk. Uh I enjoy Galway. It's good fun. Just kind of breaks breaks your flat season up with a little bit of proper stuff. It comes at a good time. We also have the Racing League starting this week, Jim, up at Newcastle. I'll you say I'll, I'll be watching it with quite a lot of interest. To be fair, I think it's a fascinating concept. Uh, I hope it works. I hope it works. Be interesting, won't it? Um, I can see both sides to the story. I, 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 I thought Grant Chua was certainly had very valid points in what he was saying the other day, but Agreed. I also I also think that it has another side to it that yes, it will bring well, it adds something different to a Thursday night probably. Uh, it might whether it, it introduce new fans, uh, very similar to what with what's going on in the cricket at the moment with the hundred. Um, I, the more and more I watch the 100, the more and more there seems to be a bigger capacity and more fans. Whether that will be the same with the racing league, I don't know. It adds a different aspect to racing, as in racing in teams, whether that will work. And we've seen it in the Shergar Cup and it has quite a negative response. But with prize money and, and handicaps and more individuals working, it's more of a like the trainers, the jockeys, are all working together rather than you feel like at the Shergar Cup the the teams don't really know a lot about the horses that just jocked up aboard. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that works. But then Grant Chua was very correct in the other day in saying it's quite an inclusive thing. You have to the best trainers, the better trainers with the better horses get involved more than the. The, the lesser known one. So it has its net pros and cons. I'm looking forward to watching it. It'll be interesting to see what the response is after it's happened and what will happen. Yeah, I I think it's always worth trying trying something new. I'll, I'll always back something, you know, a new initiative, as, as long as it's one that I can see the reasoning behind, you know. And, and this is speaking from a man who... Absolutely, thoroughly detest the Shogar Cup. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> but I, 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 I enjoy. I, I like the ideas of having, you know, teams of horses and jockeys and, and trainers more. Again, Grant Grant Chua's points are all valid, but there's there's nothing to say he he you know he can't be involved next time. And that's I I, I don't think it's it's not only big trainers that are involved, is it? Jamie Osborne's not a big trainer. Amanda Amanda Perrett's not a big trainer. You know, I think it's I think it's a lack of northern trainers Midland way possibly. Like, well, I think Ben Haslam has had a little bit of a rant on Twitter as well. I, I think that it's more northern trainers that haven't had the opportunity. But I said they, they, they could always you know if it could always be expanded next year to fourteen, and you could have you like you know 
if if that was a possibility. Obviously, you know, the one of the Northern team does four trainers, the one with uh, Mick Appleby in it. You know, if if you were to take Mick off that team and put him put him on with Ben Haslam, say, and, and Grant Chew, but obviously, the, the, you know, they need to have enough horses between the team to to make it worthwhile. I want to get behind it. I, I'll watch it with interest. I, I, I hope I'll be fair with it. You know, I'm 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 writing for it, and I, uh, the, the, all the team at the racing league have, have you know, I've, I've done a bit of work for them. The cracking people, and, and they are genuinely, genuinely behind it and enthusiastic about the sport, and 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 they, they want it to work. And I, I understand why why the uh, I understand why the criticisms of it come from. You know, completely I understand it, but. I, I hope people enjoy it, and it'll make me. It, it, it'll make me watch meetings that probably I, I wouldn't have bothered watching on a Thursday yeah. night instead. So on a positive there, if, if more people take my sort of attitude, that I, you know, even as a little bit of a novelty, I don't mind the novelty every now and then. And we'll and we'll watch it. I like cross country racing. That's not really <laughs> a proper racing. <laughs> <laughs> Just jumping around some hedges in a field. Yeah, and it, oh, I love I love the, the farmers race at Punchestown. Good stuff. <laughs> we love it. Uh, anything else you want to mention, Jim? Not really. It's nice to be back. Hopefully, we'll be a little bit more regular now, and um, hopefully, we've provided you with a few winners. Hen Harrier uh, come back from the race well. She's all good, and, and and hopefully we'll show herself to a better effect next time. I, w- I was quite happy with how she ran. I know she didn't beat an horse home, but I I always much prefer a horse who is able to show show pace to lie up and be involved for at least some segment of the race than a horse who, you know, sits tenth and then finishes eighth. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I took a lot of positives out of it, although she did finish last. That speed she showed out the gates was a lot better than I was certainly expecting. Yeah, it's what we want. She was ahead for half a furlong, so we'll always have that. We'll always have those. Even if seconds. she never wins a race, she she's led for some stage of it. We've had we've, we've had five seconds worth of worth of being on top of the world. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to rating the races for their continued support. Thanks for being here, Jim. Thanks for hosting and being back and. Congratulations with your new job. Yeah, in it, in it. Thank you for that, mate. <laughs> no problem, and we'll see you all again soon. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Bye.